Well, uh, we've gone through Thanksgiving, right? And now we're headed to Christmas. Now, I don't want you to say a name out loud, but I want you to think of that one family member who keeps things lively or awkward at your family holiday table. <laughs> You're laughing because you know who that person is. In fact, you've probably talked to your spouse about it. Perhaps it's that, that crazy old aunt who can't taste any food, so she salts the food so horribly that nobody can even watch. Maybe it's that grandpa who unbuttons his top pant, pants uh, so that he can eat that third piece of pecan pie. Maybe it's that one cousin who, uh, who no one wants to sit beside because of his, well, maybe, maybe we could just say he's hygienically challenged. <laughs> if you've been trying to think of who that awkward family member is and you can't think of who it is, it's probably you. <laughs> Ross and I were talking about this this last week, and he's already determined he is the awkward uncle around his holiday table. We all have them. Just admit it. It's just part of being a family. The good thing is that all of us are, all of us have fun, awkward family members. It's just the way families are built. But then there are the family members who, who just kind of make it uncomfortable because of their past. Maybe it's because of a sinful decision they made. Because maybe it's something that happened to them. Maybe it's the sister who has three children from three men and has yet to get married and still living in a situation that it is not appropriate. Maybe it's because of that one cousin who just got out of jail but is now around our table again and no one wants to talk about it. Maybe it's that uncle that all of the young girls stay away from for really good reasons. The crazy thing is most of us live in that world. Can I tell you that Jesus had a very unique family tree as well? And if you would put all of Jesus' family lineage around the table, that would be awkward. There would be some head shaking there would be some uncles, some grandfathers that no one wanted to set beside. I'd like for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, 1 through 17. Now what I'm about to read to you may actually be the most odd Christmas reading you've ever heard preached from. Because it's often the passage of Scripture in the New Testament, that as soon as you read the first line, often you jump to the next chapter. You'll see why in a little bit. It's, we call it the lineage of Jesus, right? I've always loved preaching from this passage. It's the, the genealogy of Jesus. It's the family line of Jesus. It's actually the family line of, of Joseph, Mary's lineage is found in Luke 
chapter 1 and 2. So let me, t- let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a, um, a secret that only those of us who went to seminary know about how to read Hebrew names. Michaela, I think you'll agree with me that if you don't know how to read a Hebrew name, all you have to do is read it boldly, loudly, and with great confidence. And no one knows. So now you know the secret. So, in honor of reading the Word of God, would you please stand? Even though this is a lineage... Uh, Let's remember that it is God's inspired word, and God put it there for a reason. So as I read this passage to you, probably a passage that's never been read before a sermon or rarely read before a sermon, with every single line, with every single name, I want you to ask the question, Why did God inspire his writers to include that name? Hear the word of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Amminadab. Amminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed whose mother was Ruth, Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, Abijah, the father of Asa, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amon, Amon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile, to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Elikim, Elikim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eluhud, Eluhud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Matan. Matan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 
14 from David to exile to the exile to Babylon and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. My friends, this is God's inspired word. You may be seated. Now, most people don't go to the lineage passages for personal devotions. <laughs> this passage is often skipped over, often seen as a dry read and not worth the time to try to pronounce all of the names. But can I tell you, this passage is extremely important. Why was the, the, the family tree of Jesus important? Well, Matthew was so focused on telling the messianic story of Jesus that he knew he had to set the stage for who Jesus was and the prophecies that he was fulfilling. Let me just tell you, the lineage proved a fulfillment of the covenant made to Abraham. That was extremely important. And the lineage provided that the prophecy was true that the Messiah would come through the line of King David. So it was very important for Matthew to start the entire story of, of the Messiah out with who he came from. So how was this divided? That last verse says that it was divided into three uh, sections of 14 generations. It was Abraham to David, David to the exile, and the exile to, to the Messiah. So I would like to walk through in, and just highlight a few of the names. I'm only going to preach a good three hours this morning. <laughs> Not really, but I just want to highlight uh, just seven names really quick. Three men, Abraham, David, Manasseh, Four women, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba, all for very good reasons. But can I just give you some quick lessons about what we learn about Jesus' family tree? The first is this. It's important for children to understand their fathers and fathers to understand their children. Now, I know I am Captain Obvious here with that statement, it, but it is so important for us fathers to understand where we came from. And it's so important for, for us to understand where our children are going. The second thing is God knows his children's past and he knows them by name. All of these people that we just read, there was a story there was a salvation story. There was God's intervention. There were healings. There were forgiveness. There were things that God provided every single person that I just listed. It also says that God works through families. We had a wonderful representation here this morning of Grammy's family, didn't we? God works through families. Grammy's decision to follow Jesus radically changed everyone that came behind her. All of her children, her in-laws, everyone that was around her because of that one decision. And also every family tree has knots and some of them are knotheads. 
And I'm not going to name, I'm not going to go through all of the names here, but there are some really significant people in the lineage of Jesus that is just huge as we begin this Advent season. Let's talk about three men that show up here. Abraham shows up the first person, verse 2. It's, his story is found mostly in Genesis chapter 11 through 25. His name meant father of nations. That's what Abraham means, father of nations. James in the New Testament, who was the brother of Jesus, called him God's friend. I would love to have that on my tombstone, Pastor Tom, that I was God's friend. Abraham had just an amazing relationship with God. Believers in all generations are called children of Abraham. We are called children of Abraham. His name shows up 300 times in the Bible. Besides Moses, there are, there's no other Old Testament character that is mentioned in the New Testament more than Abraham. He's seen as the father of three different religions, Judaism, Christianity, and even Islam says that Abraham was the father. The story of Abraham had great theological significance. It was from Abraham that Israel's awareness of their destiny began to, to spring up. And God called this man from the Ur of Chaldees and sent him to, to what was sometimes called Palestine. And there God gave Abraham this great and special promise. A, 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 he was going to give them a special land that, that, that had milk and, and honey flowing freely. And there would be a special people who would possess this land forever. And there would be a special relationship that his children would have with God himself. And ultimately, a special descendant, a seed through whom all of the people on earth would be blessed. The Messiah, Abraham knew, would come through his lineage. So who was this great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus? Well, can I tell you he was a heathen who met God. From the Ur of Chaldees, he knew nothing of the creator God who loved he and his wife Sarai. At the time, that was her name, Sarah. Sarai. You see, the Chaldeans were an intelligent, yet somewhat aggressive, warlike idolaters. That's who Abraham, Abram at that time was. He knew nothing of this creator God. He knew nothing of, of one who loved him. They were warlike. They, they worshiped idols, yet God somehow got a hold of his heart. So who was he in the lineage of Jesus? Well, Abraham was just a normal man who knew nothing of God, who became the father of the nation of Israel. And then there was David. We find him in verse 6 here. As a young man, David followed God. He's now 14 generations after Abraham. 
But around age 12 through 16, he was anointed to be king over Israel. But King Saul was jealous and tried to kill him. And so David ran and hid. And, but he was well respected by the soldiers that begin to follow him and hide with him. So David becomes the second king of Israel. And he was very successful. He great, brought great peace because of his leadership and his amazing ability to lead his soldiers. He brought peace and prosperity ruled throughout the land. But King David failed. He sinned. He sinned with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. He looked, he lusted, he lied, he murdered. We know the story. And in Psalms chapter 51, we hear the brokenness of, of his heart as he begins to have a contrite heart and confesses his sinfulness to God. And in Acts 13, 22, he was known as a man after God's own heart. So who was David? Who was this great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus? Well, he, David lied and this grandfather committed adultery and murdered and yet with a broken spirit confessed his sins and came back into a right relationship with God. That was who was in Jesus' lineage. And then we have another grandfather by the, by the name of Manasseh in verse 10. His story is found in 2 Kings chapter 21. Get this. You know what was on his tombstone? Worst king of Judah. I don't want that on my tombstone. Can you imagine being in the lineage of Abraham, being in the lineage of David and Solomon, wonderful, wise, godly men, and yet you are the grandson, the grandfather now of Jesus. And the scripture says he did evil in the eyes of the Lord following the detestable practices of the nations of the Lord. Known as the worst king of Judah. What did he do? Well, he rebuilt the idols that his father had had destroyed that had been inside the temple. His father uh, destroyed all of those idols. He brings the idols back into God's holy temple. And then, if that wasn't bad enough, he sacrificed his own son in the fire as a burnt offering, his own son. He practiced sorcery, divination and consulted medium, mediums and spiritists and he led the people of Israel astray until they, they did more evil than even the heathen nations, the scripture says. So who was Manasseh? Well, this man, this great-great-great-grandfather of Jesus, well, he was an evil king who was an idolater who sacrificed babies, even his own baby, who led the whole nation into sin. That, that was the awkward grandfather around Jesus' holiday table. Well, then we get into three women. They're 
four women. There was first Tamar, verse 3. It's his, her story is found in Genesis chapter 38. We don't know a lot about her, but she was a widow. And the culture of that day was that if your husband dies, the brother of the husband would then marry that widow to care for her. It was the only way for a, a single woman who was now widowed to be cared for and protected. So she would come into the brother-in-law's home. Tamar's, uh, Tamar's father-in-law was Judah. And Judah promised three different sons <clears throat> to her. But they did not, but didn't make her marry them. So she remained as a widow. <clears throat> she was alone without anyone to support, anyone to protect her. And she became a prostitute and purposely got involved in incest, the scripture says. She dressed up as a prostitute, applied her trade to entice her father-in-law, Judah. She would get him back for not taking care of her. She was then impregnated by him. And so the grandfather became father as well. So who is Tamar? Well, she was a widow who lied, who prostituted herself, who, who, who purposely it got involved in incest. Who was this? A grandmother, a great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Yet she shows, around the she shows up around the holiday table of Jesus. Then there was Rahab there in verse 5. Her story is found in John, Joshua chapters 2 through 6. Can I encourage you, don't name your daughter Rahab because it means insolence and savagery. Twelve spies were sent to check out Jericho before the advancing Israel army. And the Jericho king heard about the spies and knocked down the cities, who locked down the city that, that uh, where they were searching for them. And Rahab, who was a known prostitute, hid the spies in her own apartment and helped them escape out of her own window. Who was she? Well, one of the great, great, great grandmothers of Jesus was a prostitute who was good at lying and was used of God. Yet here she shows up in the lineage of Jesus. And then there was Ruth in verse 5. Her story shows up in Genesis chapter 19. Her family, the Moabites, were the product of incest. How would you like that as the beginning of your family. The Moabites were a tribe created out of the incestuous relationship that Lot had with his oldest daughter while he was drunk. That's a pretty ugly lineage to come from. The Moabites started their own religion and they were some of the, the biggest enemies of Israel. They were known to be sexually perverted just an awful people. But thankfully, Mary, uh, uh, Ruth married into a godly family, the family of Naomi, and made their home in Judah. Her husband dies. Naomi and Ruth were mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, and they were destitute, and they were poor 
both of them widows. And Boaz loved Ruth, young Ruth, and he redeemed her out of such an awful lineage, redeemed her by marrying her and providing for her. So who was this great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus? Well, she came from a past of incest and idolatry. Her people were enemies of God. She was then redeemed and became an example of God's faithfulness. Yet now she shows up in Jesus' lineage. Last lady was Bathsheba. That name ring a bell? We find her story in Samuel chapter 11. She was the one who committed adultery with the King David, with King David. Who was she? Well, she was an adulterer who was involved in murder and whose past was redeemed. Yet now this great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus was so important to his lineage. So what do we learn from Jesus' family tree? The first is this, there is room for sinners who are saved by grace in God's family. Murderers, adulterers, idolaters, prostitutes, all are welcome in God's family. And to be honest, haven't we all started out as sinners? Scripture says, for all have sinned, Paul says in Romans. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single person in this room started out as a sinner. The second thing is this. God uses imperfect people and their sinful past for his purposes. We have two things in common with every person in the Messiah's family tree. The first is, every person was a sinner from the king to the prostitute. Every person was a sinner from the king to the prostitute. The second thing is, they were all used to help bring salvation to the world. Every one of them were part of this lineage that Jesus the Messiah came from. And number three, your future lineage can change starting with you. Your future lineage can change starting with you. Therefore, Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And the fourth and last point is this. It doesn't matter where you start, but it does matter where you end. It doesn't matter where you start, but it does matter where you end. Paul says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Would you please stand?
when I, when I think of the family tree of Jesus, it doesn't read like a pure white story we might read in Sunday school to our children. Jesus' family tree includes characters that might be similar to Jack the Ripper. Maybe the voluptuous and loose Marilyn Monroe might have shown up there. And the too friendly uncle with the secret past. That's who was in his lineage. Books like The Scarlet Letter and shows like the, the Jerry Springer show come to mind when I read his lineage. So where do you find yourself? Do you find yourself wondering if God could ever use you? Do you find yourself hiding from God because there is no way he would ever allow you in his family? Well then, welcome to the company of Jesus. Welcome to his holiday family table. His own family members were adulterers, prostitutes, liars, murderers, cheaters, and those from broken homes. While we're singing this song, could I just invite every one of you to once again invite Christ to do something radical in your own spirit? Perhaps you've allowed your brokenness, your past, maybe decisions that you've made in your past to stop you from taking a step into a new relationship with Jesus. I think the lineage of Jesus gives great examples of how everyone is welcome at his table. Everyone is welcome to be a part of his lineage. And as we sing this song, I just invite you to accept Christ in your heart as your personal Savior. Invite him to radically change you, to forgive you, and cleanse you from all sin. And if you'd like to come down to the altar, we would love to gather around you. If you'd like to just bow your hearts where you are, standing or sitting, we'd love to pray for you. Sing this song, and at the end, I will pray with you.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving your only son to live with us just like all of us live. Common, normal challenges, yet he did not sin. And Father, thank you that this morning we have the privilege of trusting you by faith. And Father, this morning we know that there are some in our congregation who have not yet accepted you as their personal Savior. And as you draw them to you, I pray, Father, that they would recognize your love for them. And might you pray this way, my friends, Father, come into my heart and forgive me. I recognize that I am sinner. I recognize that I cannot do this myself. And because you had people in your lineage, I know that you could love me. So forgive me, Father. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I give you everything that I have, not holding anything back. And Father, we want you to know that we love you, that we give you everything, including ourselves, our future, our past, and our present. And we accept you as our personal Savior. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Would you receive this benediction? I'm going to ask Mike if he'll push Darla to the back so that we could enjoy greeting everybody. Receive this benediction. To all of you who deserve to be on the Jerry Springer Show, <laughs> to you who see the romance novels could have been based on your life before Christ. To those of you who have secrets that no one will ever hear, may you leave this morning recognizing that it is not where you have come from, but where you are going. It is not what you have done, but it is what you are becoming. It is not whose family you came from, but whose kingdom you are building. Your future in Christ is all that matters. You can be forgiven. So now, in the name of the Father and the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, for he's already gone before you. You're dismissed.